Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Megan Loftus and Linda Robeson will be here. They're here to tell us about the upcoming Thanksgiving dinner and family-to-family program. Also joining us today are Mandala Vetti and Dominic Perini. They're on the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair Board and Heritage Fair 2020. 20 is already in the works. We're going to start by meeting Marge Angelo and Nancy Fahey. They are with AmeriHealth Caritas Pennsylvania and AmeriHealth Caritas Northeast. They're going to tell us about a brand new health and wellness facility coming to the Hazelton area. Something brand new coming into downtown Hazelton. Always exciting when it is health oriented. And when it is something that's going to help the whole community. Marge, tell us about what it is. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, it is our new AmeriHealth Caritas Wellness Center that we have been working so hard to get this up and running so that we have a space for our population, our members who are part of AmeriHealth Caritas, to come in and, and have so many activities that could help them with their uh, with their particular needs that they have uh, within their life, um, so we will be coming in uh, looking to open the center uh, uh, towards the end of October, the beginning of November, more like November, um, and then we'll have the soft opening, and then we're looking to have a, a ribbon cutting later on, probably after the first of the year. But the purpose of the wellness center is to. Um, help our members uh, learn about their illnesses, uh, learn about um, social determinants of health, the the purpose of having good food, um, transportation, and also education does help them uh, have a much better quality of life. And we're very anxious about doing that at the Wellness Center. Why Hazelton? Well, we did, a, we did an analysis of our population, and we felt that downtown Hazleton has a lot to offer the population here. Uh, that's accessible for them. They can walk. Uh, but most of all, we felt that as we did our geographical analysis and, and found out where our population were uh, and, and the needs that they have, uh, because they're the poorest of the poor, and we really feel that we needed to be there with them and help them really get up off their feet and give them the things that they need to do that. So we're thinking about education. We know we have the community college there, and we're going to be looking to do GED programs with the college and a lot of other activities to help on the education side. 
and we'll be doing other events. Uh, we'll have uh, folks come in and we'll be doing cooking events, teaching them how to cook for certain illnesses. Uh, people with diabetes, uh, we'll teach them diabetic cooking. So it's really going to be a great thing. And um, our whole team is very excited about coming back up to the Hazleton area and working within the community. Well, let's bring another member of that team right in here. Nancy, welcome. And we are always excited when there is something, as Marge said, that's going to help the whole community. Now, you, as the community outreach manager, have to get the word out to people. So who exactly are you looking for, and what are you going to tell them when you say, hey, we're here? So we've been partnering with a lot of the community organizations in the Hazleton area to help get the word out and also to partner with them to bring in the services that they provide right into the wellness center so that we can build the healthy community that Marge was referring to so that we can provide all these various services from um, cooking classes to anything to do with social determinants of health, education, um, opioid classes, and things like that. Um, We're also probably going to be doing baby showers there. Um, Community baby showers, they're a a great way to educate people that are expecting um, a baby. We bring in community resources such as Early Head Start and the WIC program, and we pass out information um, to the members, and they can register to win a door prize that would be a baby-related item. Nice. Now, where are you going to be located? The address of the Wellness Center will be at 20 West Broad Street in Hazleton, and it is the former Hazleton Chamber of Commerce building right in downtown. I think a lot of people will recognize the name and then say, oh, that's what they're doing over there. I guess when you take on something like this, it must be a daunting task because there are so many people that you have to reach, that you have to get the information. Have you had anything from your members who have said, boy, I wish, and now here you are to grant that? So we've surveyed our members to determine what it was that they were looking for in the community, um, which is where we're also going to be providing some yoga classes and guitar lessons as well. Um, We're really focusing on the whole mind, body, and soul and building the healthy communities that we refer to. So it really is going to be a fun place, but it's also going to be an educational place location as well. Now, is this only, Marge, I'm going to have you come in and explain this part of it. Um, Is it only going to be for your members or can members of the community also come over? Um, Members of the community uh, have the ability to come in. Uh, It is for our population, but if someone comes from another plan and they want to participate in an activity, we surely would allow them to do that. Uh, We think it's needed um, and it's something that will stand us apart because we're the only one in the Hazleton area. So we really want to be able to offer uh, those types of services to anybody who may come into the door. Now, there might be some events where we, it's just our population only, but I think in the beginning, if anybody has some questions, um, they have the ability to come in. And we will have it staffed from uh, 8 to 5, uh, Monday through Friday. We'll have two associates working there, a coordinator, an administrator, and then also a coordinator uh, for the Wellness Center. Nancy uh, will be responsible and to uh, oversee the day-to-day operations of of the Wellness Center. When we're talking about, again, something such as this that's going to be brand new, 
I think a lot of people may think, well, I'm going to go there and I'm going to, they're going to tell me what's wrong with me and they're going to tell me do yoga. And, but you are looking at this more of a well-rounded right holistic we're taking care of the the entire the entire member so we really want to make sure as we're looking at social determinants of health we want to make sure that if somebody comes in and we have a conversation do they have food if they don't have food then we're going to work to coordinate to help them get food if they feel that they want to start back and try to get their their diploma or ged that's something that we will be doing, and we really want to partner with the community college, uh, which is right next door to the building. So those are all the different areas that we will be working through. Transportation is a big thing for our population. So, you know, if they need transportation to get to their their doctors or whatever, we want to be able to ha- be able to offer them that as well because they we want them to get their necessary studies, necessary immunizations for their children. Um, I think everybody has heard that measles is back a- around in Pennsylvania. And TB, I've and heard as yes. well. Yeah. So we really want to focus on immunizations for kids because it's so important. And a lot of education. And then we have case managers that will come up from our Harrisburg office and do different functions at that time. Um, I think, as Nancy mentioned, the baby showers, they're just so awesome. Just so awesome, the baby showers. Um, I mean, it's just, we brought the secretary uh, from the Department of Human Services up to one up in the um, YMCA in Hazleton, and she was just so impressed. She couldn't believe how wonderful it was to help pregnant members uh, learn about all the things they need to learn about when they're pregnant and after they have that baby. So beautiful time, and we'll make sure to invite Everyone, Everyone, including me. Yes, Paula. <laughs> no, don't yes. tell anybody baby as far as oh, I'm I, concerned. I oh. say, can I say your name? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I admit know. it. <laughs> when we talk about that as well, mm-hmm. um, you're mentioning the fact now that it's not just adults. No, it's children. So, Nancy, come back in here. And what are you going to have for children? So we're looking to have art classes for children as well, um, and, and we're going to be doing um, Healthy You, Healthy Me programs, which teaches children how to eat properly, um, proper nutrition. When I used to be a community health navigator, one of the biggest things that I was told when I would ask kids in the Head Start and elementary school age bracket, what's your favorite healthy food? Um, the answers that I would get w- scared me, which is where the Healthy You, Healthy Me program was born from. People, Kids were telling me hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. Um, so we started the Healthy You, Healthy Me program where we'll bring in a different healthy snack every week to teach the kids um, about different foods that they may not have had the opportunity to try before. And then they take that information home to their parents, which is a great way to expand their horizons on what they eat. Um, we also have a community garden program that we do in the community. So. I'm not saying right there in Hazleton at the center we probably couldn't have one because Might there's be no space tough. for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I've, I've partnered with somebody else that works at the um, Hazleton Chamber, and we've done one in the drums area where we've donated the produce to a local food pantry. Um, so it's a really great way to get the fresh going in the summer months in, in order to teach people about new produce. It just seems, again, and you're... <laughs> Marge pointed at you and said, Nancy, you're in charge. So now you've got to deal with transportation, planting a garden, taking care of the kids. What kind of a reception have you had from people 
as as you're going out to them, you said you've reached out to chamber members. Are they going, what are you, Nancy, come on, or are they excited? Everybody is very excited to be bringing this to the, to an underserved community. I mean, Hazleton is, is removed from the Wilkes-Barre area, which, of course, is the county seat for Luzerne County. Um, it, they really are lacking a lot of services, and we're hoping to bring some new services and coordinate the services that are already there in order to educate and, and build the healthy person. All right, Marge, I'm going to give you the, the final words here when it comes to the whole uh, the whole ball of wax what do you want to leave our listeners with because we're in the Hazelton area and we want them to get as excited about this as you are absolutely uh, what I would really love the the hazel Hazeltonians is that how I would say it we'll take that okay <laughs> um, really to be part of of what we're doing here we would welcome them to come to any events and see what we're doing. Uh, we may at some point in time need volunteers. So if there's anybody who would want to volunteer, we would be happy to, to have everyone volunteer. We do bring our own staff. But again, a lot of our staff live down in the Harrisburg area. We have some farther up in the Northeast. So if we could get our local population here to help us, that would be just awesome. Um, and we're so excited. I think this is a great opportunity for the uh, the members who live in this area, the town is coming back, and we just feel we really want to be part of that. And um, very excited, very happy about the site that we selected. We were up here in February and looking around and so on, and it's just it was just perfect. And um, can't wait to get those doors open. Once again, thanks to Nancy and Marge for joining us today to tell us about the new facility coming to 20 West Broad Street, which you might know better as the former Greater Hazelton Chamber of Commerce building. Now don't go away. We're already looking ahead to Lackawanna County Heritage Fair 2020, and they could use your help. We'll have that information coming up on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now we're going to get ready for Lackawanna County Heritage Fair 2020. Last year's fair was one for the books, and they're already looking forward. Armand Olivetti and Dominic Perini are joining us from the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair Authority, and they have some opportunities for you to get involved this time around. Oh, I am so excited. I get to talk to Armand and Dominic about Fair 2020. How was Fair 19? Armand, give us the rundown. Well, we did, uh, expected given the fact that we had three out of five days of bad weather. Yeah. Uh, we ended up with a small operating deficit. It's probably when all the... Uh, advertisers and sponsors send their checks in we should have around an 11 or twelve thousand dollar operating deficit on a, about a quarter of a million dollar budget so i thought that we did very well the first year out we had uh, a terrific response from the community uh, especially uh, people who were bringing families up you know young children they love the water park they uh, loved the rides. They loved, most importantly, the price to get in. $10 got everybody in and got them everything. So I think that we did, for the first year out, we did very well. We hope to improve on it in 2020 and again in 2021. We've signed a two-year agreement with both uh, Montage 
and with our ride vendor, Swika, so that we will put the fair on in 2020 and 2021, and uh, we'll see from there where we go with it once we establish a three-year up routine. So with everything that you had there so far, do you foresee uh, changing anything or moving things around a little bit? Yes, we're we're going to change the layout of the fairgrounds to provide easier access uh, by the public to the vendors and to the water park. One of the problems that we had last year was the way that we laid out the fairgrounds. People couldn't find vendors. They couldn't find the way down the hill to the water park. First year out, you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to change the layout around so that it, uh, the access points are more easily discernible. And we expect to have additional food and craft vendors in 2020. Just about everybody, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I think just about everybody we had last year has re-upped for 2020. 90%. Let's, let's bring already. Dominic in over okay. there. What was your, what was your take um, on th- all this? I think we did a bang-up job, Paul. I think for being the first year out, in the, out of the gate, as you know, going to many events, it's not an easy task just laying it out. So we laid it out what we thought would work, and we learned that some things have to change. Did you get that from the public? We got it from everybody, mm. um, especially the senior citizens who wanted to go down to the water park and didn't realize what was down there because uh-huh. a lot of the craft vendors were down there. A lot of the uh, informational items were down there. The Visitors Bureau table was down there. The 4-H table was down there. So we kind of didn't do that very well last year, and we're going to change that immensely. But here's the biggest thing. As you know, everybody fears Montage Mountain. They fear the traffic. <laughs> traffic. They fear the, you know, they fear the in and out of things. But remember, traffic comes from 10,000 to 15,000 people coming out of a concert at one time. Traffic comes from 11,000 people coming out of a baseball game at one time. We don't have any of that. So we proved, and this was our biggest accolade on that mountain, we proved that you could come up to the fair, get in and out easy, go home easy, and enjoy that park for the best deal money can buy you, $10. $10. On Saturday afternoon, there were 6,790 people in the water park. Wow. That's, yeah, that that's big. So the only thing you couldn't guarantee, Armand, was... The weather. The but weather, that's the yep. chance you take. Yeah, we had a tornado warning. We had yeah. severe thunderstorms. Uh, you know, when we, we laid out the fairgrounds, one of the things we wanted to make certain, because it is uh, an unpaved parking area, we brought in rollers and graders to try to make certain we had a smooth surface, and the first rain just washed it all out. Right. And, and we did it a second time, and it was washed out a second time. And I have to say, you were great in keeping everybody up to speed with what was going on. Your Facebook page had mm-hmm. the updates. You know, you you made sure that the word got out that you were closing early. Mm-hmm. And safety first. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a power outage on Friday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Somebody hit a, a, trans, a pole with a transformer down at Southside, and it wiped out the whole mountain. Of course, we were the only ones who had any power because our, our ride vendor has those huge diesel generators. Right. So we actually had power, but people didn't know that. So nobody came up. And we have all the rides powered and nobody riding them. Well, I have to say, kudos to you, the Thank team, you. everybody. You, you know, it was it was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And obviously, wonderfuller enough that you're coming back for 2020 and 2021. Right. Give us the details. 
Well, the fair for 2020 will be from May 27 through 31. And that's the Wednesday after. Actually, I'm going to say it's not the Wednesday after Memorial Day, but the Wednesday after. Oh, let San him o- say it. Let him say it. Go Go ahead. Carnival. That's right. <laughs> San Ubaldo. So that's the Wednesday through the Sunday following the Memorial Day weekend and the uh, San Ubaldo and the Jessup Carnival festivities. And in fact, the uh, bride vendor, Swaka, will be at the carnival. Mm-hmm. And then he's coming from the carnival to the fair. So that's the way we're able Cross to... Cross-promotion. Well, not only that, <laughs> but that's the only way, honestly, we can get a ride vendor in because we're starting the fair earlier than most fairs start. Now, Swaika is locally based. He's in Scott Township. And he starts with the uh, San Ubaldo and, and Jessup Carnival Festival. And as you mentioned, you don't have everything in place yet. Right. But you are going to need a little bit of help before we get there. Oh, no doubt about that. We're always looking for volunteers, and we've we've had actually a response already, uh, and we're going to have a volunteer event. I think it's November 2nd Mm -hmm. at Montage. We're going to sponsor uh, kind of a breakfast uh, uh, come-out-and-meet-us event from... Uh, probably from something like 9 to 11, you know, and we'll be hosting a, a, a kind of a brunch uh, For people buffet. who want to who, volunteer? Who, right, and yeah. who are interested. Oh, in great. It. Yeah, and uh, not only for them, but also we're looking for ideas. For example, uh, you know, the, the our ultimate goal with the Heritage Fair is to have a theme every year. Right. And our first year out of the box, we really didn't have any particular theme in mind. So we're looking for ideas of that sort. Oh, so you don't have one in place yet for 2020. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cutting edge. Yep. There you go. You yeah. can be on it. We're, we're, you know, we're we're looking for people to help us uh, come up with that. So that November second uh, volunteer get together at Montage will be a big uh, plus for us. Also, because as Armin said, we did fall in the deficit for 2019, we need to do some fundraisers. We need to generate some income to balance that budget and move forward for 2020, not in the red, but in the black. So, you know, we will have fundraisers. We'll we'll have different events. And if people would be so kind to go to our website, look at that. It's all on there. Uh, We've got some great fundraisers with some great deals out there. Just look at our website and everything is there. But there is one that we can actually tell people that's up and running right now, and that's an opportunity to win all kinds of things that's raising funds in order to get the fair going. Right. We have a, uh, a fundraiser where we have uh, eight prizes. We're going to have the drawing at the fair board meeting on December 10th. Oh. And it's going to be broadcast live over Facebook. I didn't realize you can do that, but oh. apparently you can. <laughs> so we're going to broadcast it live. Dom will be the master of ceremonies, I assume. What time? Do you know yet? Uh, or is our this... fair board meetings are at 6 p.m. So oh. that would be a Tuesday at 6 p.m. We'll be broadcasting the drawing live over Facebook. And, uh, you know, one ticket, it's a $20 ticket, but it, it uh, enters you into basically eight drawings. And the one that I'm sure you would be most interested in is the Louis Vuitton <laughs> Never Fold Bag. Oh, I thought it was going to be dinner with Dom. <laughs> what would you say if people can't get out and they go to the Facebook page and they want to leave you a note. What would you say you're looking for the most? Volunteers, funds, constructive criticism from last year? Well, we'll do whatever is in our power to assist them. So if they can't get out and they need us to call them 
or they need us to reach out to them, we will be more than happy to do that. If they want to buy a raffle, uh, anything that we have out there, we will be happy to get it to them. Volunteers, of course, is our top priority. Fundraising is equal to it. So those two items are what we need to balance this event. But anyone who is homebound or anybody who is stricken, um, and believe me, I know what that means, call, reach out to us, type something on Facebook. Our secretary, Sherry, will get all those posts, and she will get to the proper person to distribute whatever needs to be distributed, and we'll help them. I'd say all of the above <laughs> in, in response to your question. But Tom, I think, correctly points out that uh, the need for volunteers and the need for help to eradicate that operational loss from last year so that we can start 2020 with uh, uh, an operating surplus rather than operating deficit are probably the two crucial ones. But we also appreciate input to make the fair better because it's the people's fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of us are paid. The only person who gets paid for it is our fair manager. Everyone else is a volunteer, and all of our goals are the same, and that's to make this the best fair for the people, not only of Lackawanna County, but for all of northeastern Pennsylvania. You know, we all share the same heritage. You know, anyone who has an idea for uh, developing a cultural theme, for example, or anyone who has a, a favorite recipe for something and they want to share it with us, you know, or say, why don't you have a contest so I can bring this to the fair, that type of thing. Give us suggestions. We're happy to entertain them all. Again, because we're building the fair from the, from the, the ground up at this point, we're happy to take everybody's thoughts and suggestions and try to work them into the, f the fair to make it a success. What about sponsorships? Last year we had many great sponsors and we're going back to them again, such as the Visitors Bureau was our number one sponsor, name on everything. We've had Montage uh, coordinate a sponsorship with us. But we're reaching out to everyone. The, the easiest sponsorship that someone can do to be a part of the Heritage Fair is our $1,000 founder circle. For $1,000, you become a founder of the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair. You also get tickets. Was it 10 tickets, Armin? Every you get year. 10 tickets every year. You get VIP parking, and you get to come into VIP tent, which is a part of that sponsorship. So just for that $1,000, you'll be a part of the fair forever. That's and cool. And that's the easiest sponsorship. Now, of course, we'll take any sponsorships, banks, you know, organizations, but that founder circle, if we could build that $1,000 founder circle, 50, 50 members is $50,000. Yeah. So as we build that, we could surely help the deficit and make a surplus going in and moving forward. And just because it is Lackawanna County Heritage Fair, we, we're not just shutting the, the gates throughout the rest of the area. Because you had other people that came in from other counties in order to be part of it as well. Yes, we we uh, we have people. In fact, uh, one was just appointed a member of the fair board who was affiliated with the Northeast Fair. Nice in in Pittston Township, and uh, you know we always encourage uh, contributions, especially, but uh, you know volunteers from everywhere, anybody who has experience uh, operating uh, a fair, because. The geographic lines are simply lines on a map. Right. You know, uh, we all have a common heritage here. We all share it. 
we all go to the same church picnics and the and the fairs and the firemen's picnics all over the place. There's no reason for us to say, well, you're, if you're from outside of Lackawanna County, you're not welcome. Everybody is welcome, and everybody's input is welcome. So right now, underway, you have one fundraiser. They can get the tickets where, and how much are they? Well, the, the tickets are $20, and that enters you into a drawing for eight different prizes. They can be purchased online. Lackawanna County Fair, that will connect you to uh, the uh, uh, official website, which is, the name is a little bit longer, people told us, just to give you an illustration of the input, mm-hmm. you know, that we listen to. People said, that's too long. You got to shorten it. So we shortened it to Lackawanna County Fair, and that links you to our website. And I think it's under the events tab. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a Facebook there, page. There's a Facebook. We're at, uh, uh, I think it's Lackawanna Fair or Fair Lackawanna. And we also have a Twitter page. But uh, if you go to uh, our website and click on the tab that says events, you will be able to click into the uh, purchase of the raffle ticket. And then uh, we're still working out the details of it, but I guess it's okay to just kind of drop the hint. <gasps> Where uh, North American War Horse has, uh, talking about sponsorships, they are going to fund a sponsorship so that we can purchase an ATV, and we're trying to get a plow on it. And that will be available at Montage all winter long you know, for a dollar ticket. You know, it has a, a retail value of about $5,000. You know, people can stop up there, or tickets will be available once again on the website. And that will be another fundraiser that we have, trying to uh, eradicate the operating deficit from 2019 and give us a little uh, push for 2020. Well, when you when you get down to the dinner with Dom, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the third fundraiser, and it'll be a sellout. It's always a great time when we can get together and talk about some things that are coming to the area that will bring everyone together to have a lot of fun. That will be the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair. And of course, if you would like more information, you can always check out their Facebook page as well as their website. Now, don't go away because Thanksgiving is right around the corner and there's one local tradition that is certainly going to be another big event this year. Megan and Linda will be here to tell us about the Thanksgiving dinner and the family to family program on special edition. Welcome back to special edition. It's getting to be the holiday time of year, and there are so many traditions throughout our area that people really look forward to. Among them, in Lackawanna County, the Friends of the Poor annual Thanksgiving dinner and the Family to Family program, which follows the next day. It certainly has been going on for many years, and so many people are fortunate to not only get to take part in it, but get to spend some of their time volunteering. We're going to welcome Megan Loftus, who is the president and CEO of Friends of the Poor, and Linda Robeson, the director of the Family to Family program, to give us the details of this year's tradition. Megan, you're back. I'm back. And you have another party coming up. We do. We're back to Thanksgiving already. So we are getting set for uh, Tuesday, November 26th. We'll have our Thanksgiving dinner. 
and it's going to serve about 3,000 hot meals. 1,500 people will eat in and 1,500 people will take out. Tell us about the Thanksgiving dinner. 43 years ago, Sister Adrienne Barrett started this dinner as a way to um, you know, share community and a meal with people who may otherwise not have the meal or someone to share it with. And it started with, I think it was about 24 people the first year. So now we're up to 3,000, so we have improved. <laughs> um, and really, it's just a great night of community. There's hundreds of volunteers that come out. There's thousands of people who come to eat. Uh, Doug Smith and his orchestra play music. And, you know, there's barely room to move, but it's, it's a good thing because you look around and see what our community really has to offer each other and the support we give. And the Friends of the Poor are, have been and always, I think, will be instrumental in bringing all this together. But it's not just you. It's not. I, I could never do this on my own. Um, really, this was one of Sister Adrian's first programs that kind of was a prerequisite to the Friends of the Poor Agency. So our community meals are one of our hallmarks. It's something everybody knows that we do. Um, even when I took this job, somebody said, isn't that the group that just does Thanksgiving? Now we do a lot more, but Thanksgiving is one of the things that's most well known. So we have hundreds of volunteers that come to serve the day of. We have a group that meets weekly. We started in September um, just to kind of get all of the donations. I mean, we get 5,000 pounds of potatoes donated, and, and that's just one portion of the meal. So that goes from getting the donation, picking it up, peeling the potatoes, cooking it, and they're all different people in different hands in the pot, so clean hands. But <laughs> Wearing gloves right, but and hair nets. <laughs> it's, um, it's really just awe-inspiring to see how many people come together and are really dedicated to this. And without the you know support group that we have and everybody involved, we'd never be able to get it done. And all those volunteers now... Because the potato peeling party is yes. probably one of my favorite events of the entire year. But we want to bring Linda in because Linda takes over after Megan gets everything cleaned up. The next day, Linda and her group come in and feed more people. <laughs> we do. We do. Wow. Yes, it's an amazing it's an amazing transition from having, you know, 17 people seated at the cultural center having dinner to then clearing the entire area out and setting up to then provide 3000 baskets of food the next day. And tell us how you got involved in the family to family program. Well, do you know um I started volunteering with Friends of the Poor probably 25 years ago serving the Tuesday night dinner and then um, found out that they had a food giveaway the next day so just started volunteering and when the Bernie family who of course founded the family to family program 33 years ago when they decided to move to be closer to their children uh, they asked my son Ryan and I to take it over so as much as the program has grown now the first year the first two years I started with my son and I, he has since gotten married. So then we added my daughter-in-law, Mary Christine. And then this year we have a new addition of my granddaughter, Lucia. So the family continues to grow along with the programs that and the people that we're hoping to serve. And when you're talking about the people that you, the Family to Family program serves, it is, as you said, different than sit-down. So how does that work? Well, it is because obviously the sit-down dinner, we're providing everything and serving you and everything else. The Family to Family giveaway is giving a family everything that they need to provide a family in their own home to provide dinner, I'm sorry, in their own home. So we give them a turkey and potatoes and pies and um, drinks and just everything. everything that they need. That's that's amazing. And when people the next day are coming to the Scranton Cultural Center, 
it's not just like they say, oh, you've got a line. We do. You know, we show up at 530 in the morning because that's when like the first trucks start coming to unload the turkeys and stuff. And we have frequently seen people already in line at 530. So we try to provide, um, you know, a loving, caring atmosphere. You know, the Red Cross supports us with providing coffee. Last year we had Krispy Kreme donuts. You know, the Ad Crofts are very, very generous with that. So we want them you know, because it's very hard for some people to come and ask for a dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some people have volunteered with us in the, in the past, and some people may only come once or twice for a dinner, and then they become our volunteers. So um, it's really a remarkable day seeing the whole community come together. You know, we have people bagging turkeys and just providing everything. Well, let's bring Megan back in now because we're going to get back to and talk about some of the fundraising for um, Family to Family. But let's talk, since you are the ones that are doing the sit-down, Linda has volunteers. Your volunteers have a lot of other things that they have to do, from setting tables to peeling those bananas. We do. We have a lot going on. Um, you know, starting the morning of our logistics crew starts delivering the donations to the different places to be cooked. Um, we have a big group of uh, ladies and gentlemen who come to peel the potatoes, 500 pounds, and put it in the pots and get that off to be cooked. And then um, bring your own peeler. Bring though. your own peeler. BYOP. It is. It is BYOP. <laughs> um, and then we have some school groups that come in and they help us set up the tables. And the whole time, um, because we are. Um, so close, you know, we have kids coming in and other people that help sort the coats and the winter hats and gloves for the family to family program the next day. So everything's always running simultaneously. There's always a job to do. Um, and we couldn't do it without the hundreds of people who really just show up. I mean, we might have a couple dozen who call us ahead of time and say, we'll be there. But we really live on a prayer and open the door in the morning and everybody shows up and it's wonderful. And I was going to ask you that. Do you need to um, do you do you need to have a reservation if you're going to want to come to dinner? You do not. No. Uh, to eat dinner, you just come in and sit down um, to serve dinner. You know, we we ask that um, you just let us know ahead of time so we make sure we have enough people to serve and enough people to bring the trays over. Uh, the trays are very heavy, so if there are s- groups of smaller children or, you know, we've got Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, that they have adult chaperones with them to help them carry the heavier things. Um, but no no reservations required. We're just an open group, and we welcome everybody with, you know, warm smiles and give them an apron. Here's your job. <laughs> and that sounds like that sounds like a typical... Sister Adrian, come on in. I think everybody's in town. What are you doing? Coming because that is time when a lot of people do come to town. Do you find that it is? Yeah, I started in this job a little um, under three years ago, and a lot of my friends who live out of town, I'm like, okay, you're going to take those two days off and come on in, right? <laughs> and just to have a lot of people there. I mean, we always get nervous leading up to it that we're not going to have enough people, and then the day happens and we have more than enough help. So, um, but. but- we never say that. We never we can say that. Always use more. We can always use more, but you know, it, it to me, it's just representative of the community that I grew up in and, and how we support one another. So it's it's wonderful, but that doesn't mean we don't need your help. So please make sure if you're available that night, you come. Now, Linda, a little bit about your volunteers because again, you said you come the next morning after Megan's group is gone. Maybe some of them aren't all gone. Maybe they've been hanging out there at the Scranton <laughs> Cultural Center saying, where's Linda? Let's get her in here now because we want to help. What if people want to help your effort? 
Well, we actually take some volunteers on the night of Megan's dinner because we need volunteers to break it all down. So we kind of encourage some people to come a little bit later, like at 7.30, to, because we have to break down all the tables and, and do everything so that we can set up the next day. But we ask our volunteers to come around 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning to help us. Um, the people who are serving, we don't actually start um, giving the baskets away until 9 o'clock. So we don't need a lot of the kids who are just going to kind of help the people through the line don't need to come until like 8.30. But the people who want to help us set up and stuff can come a little bit earlier, like around 7. And do you look for a head count beforehand? Or or like Megan, she's over there waking people up saying, okay, <laughs> let's go help Linda out now. Do you know what? It has become such a tradition with so many area families that no, people just show up. Even the very first year um, that Ryan and I took over, Mary Lou, of course, was very encouraging and everything. And I was like, yes, but what about the volunteers? What about the people who come? And she's like, trust me, people will just show up. And, you know, Megan and I laugh sometimes because we were both kind of new at the same time. And when we were trying to set up and I'd come in and say, well, I think we might do it this way. And they're like, no, we've always done it this way. And I was like, "Okay." (laughs) So I have to say some of the volunteers have kind of shown me the ropes as well over the years. So probably a good thing. It is. It is. Because some of these people really have been there since the program started. Yeah. So. So, yeah, you don't necessarily have to call me or anything. You can just show up because we do need people all day. I mean, a lot of our children leave at noon because, you know, they're kind of just doing it for their half day of school. Mm. So we look for more volunteers to show up at 12 or 1 and stay until 5 because we also need a cleanup crew at the end of the day you know because we have to load if we have any food left over or anything we save that for Christmas because we also provide meals at Christmas and Easter so how long then it actually is the distribution you said you start at 9 we do it's from 9 until 5 oh okay so it's it goes into the afternoon well it does because we realized when we were starting it at, or trying to close at 4 that people were just getting home from work then and we don't want to miss that group you know because I I frequently tell the story of this gentleman who comes in and especially the first couple of years asked me for a dinner for 19 people and the people come running back and say he wants 19 people I don't think that's right but when I talked to him he said you know what he's elderly he said I just bring my whole neighborhood my whole neighborhood over for dinner he said we don't have anybody we just have our dinner together and uh and that's what Thanksgiving's all about just bringing people together to enjoy a meal. Well, and again, you have people out there that are always going to bring you something different and they do. that you're going to say, oh, I didn't think about that. Megan, tell us about the volunteer effort as far as the donations are concerned, because I know this is something that does. I mean, Linda's talking how many turkeys you're talking, plus entertainment, well, so the donations for the dinner um, are much more in-kind than financial. Uh, the only thing that we try to have to purchase each year are the turkeys because we have to cook 35-pound turkeys, 70 of them, or you know we won't have enough and we won't have enough places to cook them if we had smaller ones. Everything else gets donated. We do have a wish list that's going to be going up on our website. Um, you know, It starts with the 500 pounds of potatoes, and it goes all the way down to salt and pepper, sugar packets, the cranberry, um, the difficult thing is that everything comes, you know, in commercial size. So you'd think what a restaurant gets, you know, even the cranberries in a 64-ounce container. So, 
it's kind of necessary because with the manpower we have and the number of people we serve, we need those bigger quantities to get it served quickly. If we had all 8-ounce, 12-ounce cans, it would take mm. us double the time. or Just to open Four them. times, right. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit different in terms of what we're asking for compared to what we get throughout the rest of the year to stock our pantries. Um, but overall, you know, it, it takes a lot of donations to get us there and really a lot of... Uh, plastic items and paper items like plates, bowls, uh, takeout containers for the 1,500 people, cups. Um, we have a lot of coffee being served that night. It is a little chilly outside. So there's a lot of effort, and we work um, with Linda throughout the whole Thanksgiving season. Well, year-round, but throughout the whole Thanksgiving season because the most expensive part of our Thanksgiving events is family-to-family, family, and that food also has to be ordered just mm. to keep up with our um, you know, USDA regulations and to make sure that all of the food is in date, everybody's getting the same thing and it's kept at a certain temperature the whole time. So um, I will let Linda tell you how much yes. she orders. Yes, I, 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 well, I was setting Linda up for that. <laughs> and when you talk turkey, what are we talking? Oh my gosh, we are talking almost 3,000 turkeys, you know, anywhere in between 27 and 3,000 turkeys. Because depending upon the size of the family, that's how much the turkey weighs and everything. Um, so we order well over $100,000 worth of food. Um, Ryan Yeager does a great job of ordering all of our food and, um, and with the logistics of bringing it and helping us to organize for that day. So yes, our donations are a little bit different because they are monetary. <laughs> um, to feed a small family, takes a donation of about $30. But as you get into the larger families, it costs $47 or $48. We'll take whatever people can afford to send us. You know, we're just as happy with your $5 donation as we are with your $1,000 donation. Um, we're just so appreciative. But we do have a couple of fundraisers. Um, last year, we had partnered with Cooper's Seafood. Um, they have um, They are going to have specials the week of November 18th through the 24th. And um, they will have dinner specials, and for every table, they will donate $5 to family to family. Great. We're also having a raffle with first prize being $1,000. Um, second prize is over $500 in gift cards. And third prize is a 20-person party at Cooper's um, in their lighthouse. So those tickets are on sale for $10 either through Friends of the Poor or at Cooper's. And along with all of that, we will also have raffle baskets at Cooper's with fantastic prizes. So there are many ways to help us, you know, have a great meal, celebrate Thanksgiving, and to help along the way. And if someone wants to send you a donation? They can send those donations to P.O. Box, well, it would be family to family, P.O. Box 13, Scranton, Pennsylvania, 18501. Or they can go on our website at familytofamilypa.org. Now, Megan, is your website the same as the Family to Family, or do you have a link from yours, or how does that work? So we are all part of the same organization. We do have a link on our Friends of the Poor website to go specifically to Family to Family because it's our largest program, you know, um, population-wise, financially. We have our own page for Family to Family because it really, there's just so much information that we want to share with the public. So it will, if you go to our uh, website, which is FOTP hyphen ihm.org there will be a link on there to click to the family to family website um, but also if you just donate on our website and you put family to family in the memo we'll make sure it gets allocated to that account 
It's always a pleasure to catch up with Megan Loftus, President and CEO, Friends of the Poor, and Linda Robeson, Director of the Family to Family Program. And of course, if you would like to donate your time or any monetary contributions, you can find out more by visiting their website and their Facebook page. It was also nice to have on the program today Marge Angelo and Nancy Fahey with AmeriHealth Caritas Northeast and AmeriHealth Caritas PA on their brand new endeavor that's coming to 20 West Broad Street in Hazleton. And getting us in the mood for spring, Armand Olivetti and Dominic Perini with the Lackawanna County Heritage Fair Board getting ready for Heritage Fair 2020. And thank you for joining us on Special Edition. Is someone you love abusing opioid medications? It may not be easy to tell, especially in the early stages of addiction. Perhaps you've noticed changes in your loved one's moods or behavior. People who are addicted to opioids may still hold down jobs and other responsibilities, maintaining the appearance of stability at work and home. Recovery starts with a call. Call 1-800-662-HELP or visit battlingopioids.org. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t